to episode 21 of Press YYZ. A very, very special episode today because we are live from E3 2020. Yes, it is still happening, believe it or not, folks. Despite all the pandemic rumors and everything, it is still happening, right, Mitch George? I want to apologize to all of our audio listeners who had to hear that in their ears. No, Excuse I don't me. apologize. I thought that was great. <laughs> I appreciate you, Alex Cozina. How are you today? Oh, thank you. It's amazing. It's just you and me on this podcast. There's nobody else here. Yeah, crazy. Here live at the LA Convention Center. Oh, yeah. Isn't it great? Yeah, I mean, Isn't we're, it great? We had to, it took us a while to set up our hotel rooms to look like our rooms at home, but I think we did a good job. Yeah, I think so too. Our, our set design budget, you know, ever since we became affiliate is off the charts. That's oh, still a work in progress. How, how are you feeling, Nathan? Uh, I'm feeling good, you know. Uh, busy week. Going back to work on uh, Friday for the first time in a few weeks out in the field. Wow. So uh, that's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And last but not least, our baby boy, Alex. How are you? Hi. Can I go back to play Persona? <laughs> sure. Maybe feel like it's all going to talk about tonight it is <laughs> just wait till we well, get to five by five <laughs> regardless uh welcome to press yyz episode 21 as i said earlier uh we are live currently on uh twitch.tv slash press yyz uh where you can go follow us um and watch the show live every wednesday at 8 p.m uh ish you know we're a little bit behind today that's okay uh i am your host aj fraser um yeah, I've already introduced everybody. I'm all out of whack because E3, E3 is happening. We are, there's so many E3-like news stories that we are going to talk about today. But you first, mean leaks? Yeah, sure. Yeah, we can go, we can we can call it leaks if we want. Uh, first, I want to know what you guys have been playing anyway. What'd you guys play on the plane ride over here? How about that? I didn't play anything, but I have been reading a whole bunch. And I've been reading, I just grabbed my pile over here, a, a whole bunch of graphic novels. So I went out earlier this week, late last week, and picked up the Joker 80th Anniversary Super Spectacular. Oh, that looks and so good. At, at, at that point, I fell down a rabbit hole. I picked up Justice League Power Rangers. Ooh. Of course. Which is really, really good. That's really I read through brand. all of Superman Red Sun wonderful story about a what-if scenario if superman yeah. had li landed in the soviet union as opposed to america uh, just a real then, uplifting you know positive story it, <laughs> it, it, it has an interesting ending i recommend anyone who's interested even remotely in storytelling or you know the 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 implications of a, a literal superman in what was the cold war it's definitely an interesting read uh, and then lastly i picked up a copy of the dark knight returns the masterpiece, the seminal work of Frank Miller on Batman basically gave us the modern-day Batman we know and only love when it's not Ben Affleck. Before so, yeah, he stopped taking his crazy pills. Oh, Frank yeah. Miller. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, that's been my week in terms of reading. I, I, I went out to support one Greg Miller and Gary Witta, uh, mm -hmm. friends of the show, who wrote one of the stories in that Joker 80th anniversary collection, and I just... I couldn't stop myself from buying a bunch more. There were some sales on Indigo, Canadian book retailer, so I, I had to. I couldn't stop myself. I'm so bad, but it's so good. Mm. Speaking of good stories, I've uh, 
I've been playing The Last of Us in prep for The Last of Us 2. Little indie game. Yeah, a little. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have. What's ever the What's it. the plot um, of that one? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm familiar. Uh, I don't know anymore. It's based on reality right now, right? Uh, I'll, yeah, I want to know. Pretty much. It's almost. So better. I want to know how spoilt were you to this game's story before you played it? Did you go into it being like, yeah, I basically know everything? Or well, okay, were so you I actually? Had yeah, go ahead. I I originally played it on the the PS3, um, and you know I'd, I I like remembered a lot of the, the the details but i didn't remember where it where everything occurred for example there's a, a a very poignant scene with uh some very large animals um that occurs and it's uh i thought it happened a lot earlier than it did in the game um one thing i will say uh specifically with the remastered version i know cozy you you played left behind recently like in the last six months or something like that right yeah it, it was weird for me because the first time i played the last of us i played the remastered version on the playstation 4 a year after its initial release on the playstation 3 and then mm -hmm. literally last month uh gamers youtube channel i for needed uh footage recorded of the last of us on playstation 3 and left behind on playstation 3 and so i offered to do it for the channel's editor and so i mm -hmm. replayed through the uh both games on the playstation 3 which i feel is not what most people do. Most people played it on PlayStation 3 and then played it on PlayStation 4 after. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, yes, I did play through those recently. So funny, sto funny story about The Last of Us. It's actually the game that killed my PS3. Oh, <laughs> so I actually couldn't finish the game on the PS3 because it yellow-lighted my system. Uh, I kept trying. I'd damn. get maybe a half hour or hour into that game, and then it would just die on me. So I didn't mm -hmm. actually finish it until the PS4 remaster. Uh, one one thing I will say about um, Left Behind and the remastered uh, version of The Last of Us specifically, so uh, if you if you don't know, uh, Left Behind uh, is a, is both a like a side story of what happened before, and it also takes place in the middle of the game. Um, without going too crazy into spoilers. Um, there, there's an event where a character gets badly injured, and then that's where Left Behind kind of picks up. But then it also deals in flashbacks with, you know, weeks before the the main game actually starts. And so, one thing I wish they did is gave you the option to uh, just shove the 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 Left Behind right in there. Right, like right into cool. the story where it happens because what yeah. I ended up doing is I I played right up to that point where where the event happens right before left uh, left behind and then played left behind all the way through and then continued uh, to finish the the story. Yeah, it would have been nice if it was a little bit more seamless. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask you because you're pro you're the mm -hmm. person since you've played it the most recently, uh, yeah. and The Last of Us was kind of like renowned for its story being like, in a lot of ways, the first of its kind to have a story sort of that impactful. Like uh, obviously there have been stories before that that were, but like The Last of Us was kind of on this like new echelon. But since mm -hmm. then, we've gotten games like God of War and I would say Red Dead Redemption Two and other games that have fit in Uncharted Four even. Don't, don't mm. give me that face about Red Dead 2, Mitch. But um, <laughs> regardless, um, we've gotten these new these games since The Last of Us that have like been on this level of storytelling in games. 
How do you think The Last of Us holds up in comparison to to like those games now? Like, how do you think The Last of Us holds up? Honestly, I think it this specifically the moments where the story is being told um, hold up just as well as they did back then and in comparison to all the things that have come out recently it would back then it was right up there with a, a like a top tier hollywood script and it still is um the 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 only thing that you know kind of d well two things don't really hold up in my opinion um one is even the in the remastered it still looks like it was built as a ps3 game because it was right, right? even even if it was end of life ps3 it still looks and feels like a ps3 game and it's still uh and e even still gameplay wise a lot of that kind of is is held back in in that point in time mm -hmm. um but yeah story-wise it it seems fine I, uh, I suspect we'll probably talk more about the original Last of Us when we, in due time, record our The Last of Us Part Two spoiler cast. Uh, yes. Spoilers. Uh, I, I will say right off the bat, I actually enjoyed it more when I played it the second time around on the PlayStation 3 a month ago. I um, When I played through the game the first time around, my exit impression of the game was I like appreciate what it's doing, but I don't know that I love it. And the second time around, I kind of came off of it being like, I actually genuinely really like this game. It's not quite in my, like, top 25 games of all time, but uh, I definitely do enjoy it more than I enjoyed it after I first played it. One thing I will say, though, it does suffer from, and this is a very Uncharted-like problem, where it kind of repeats a certain puzzle or sort of sequence over and over and over, like the Ellie, uh, what is it, wood pallet puzzle, for example. Yeah, and the, yeah. Swimming, the swimming sequences for sure the overstay their welcome. What makes it most annoying is that the game directly references the fact that it's being repetitive. Like, there's one very specific part of the game where Ellie is like, oh man, we gotta do this again. It's like, I, I feel like if your characters in the game are complaining about the game being repetitive, you've maybe you should listen to them. I mean, uh, I'm gonna drop a major spoiler for The Last of Us Part Two. so if anyone doesn't want to hear, cover your ears, take off your headphones, whatever you're gonna do, Ellie has learned how to swim. Oh, Joel wow. taught her how to swim. Son of a bitch! Right? I didn't even know that. Right? I'm oh, did not you? Not? I actually oh, didn't I'm know sorry. that. That's. Fine. I'm sorry. Yeah. So no, no more dealing with that. <laughs> that's so like, be, that's so in like the lowest level of spoiler for that game. I don't really. Oh no, no, I know. I I did that yeah. intentionally. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, that sure did bring a smile to my face. A nice. A a, a Pokemon smile. Yeah, that's I, a thing. I brushed my teeth before the podcast. So please explain to me what the fuck this is, because I heard you talking about it before we started recording. I have no idea what this actually We're gonna is. We're going to talk about it a lot. Like, the main news chunk I, of this show is Pokemon news, which I'm yeah, so I'll, happy about. And I yeah, know Cozy's with me. Please please tell me, though, about you smiling with Pokemon. Okay. So here, here's, here's what I did. I downloaded the app, and I, you know, opened it up and started playing around with it um and it's basically kind of uh an ar like experience where um y y there there's plaque on your teeth and it's watching the camera the ar camera is watching you brush your teeth uh and telling you you're doing a good job getting getting rid of the plaque and then uh as as it's doing this it's uh taking pictures um of you, at, like, as you're brushing your teeth, um, and <laughs> it, 
it's it's not meant for adults obviously okay um, yeah i was a little out of, it was a little out of sync with my quip toothbrush that i have that is uh two minutes specifically i only brush my teeth once before the podcast i'm not a crazy person um, and the game does limit you to six toothbrushes per day you cannot use the it. app more than six times it is time locked so you can't just can go you, in there and like you buy brush your teeth six times in a row <laughs> No, no, it, it, it's about to, it, it's an, it's a, it's a health app developed so that kids develop better brushing habits. Essentially. It's not meant for us. The fact okay. that they, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it in a bit. It's, it, it's trivial. It's, it's, that sounds cute, dumb, but there's not, yeah, it, it's dumb, but it's meant for kids. It's not, we're not the audience for this app. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I guess. But, but I did get to have a squirtle on my head. Which is and everyone's dream. That so was it was worth the download. Pretty good time. We'll, 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 get, we'll get back to Smile in a bit. Let's okay. not talk about it now. Please. Because I want to give my literal, like, I have my, this is the first time in history that one of our news stories will have notes written by me as opposed to pulling from somebody else. I want announcement by announcement. You will get my direct impressions. It's a lot of fun. I can't wait. But speaking of <laughs> things that have made me smile, I've been, uh-huh. the only thing worthwhile that I've been doing this week is I've been playing Persona 5 Royal. I love that game so much. It is, I, so here's the thing is I technically, I have finished the game, but (laughs) congratulations. There is a problem. There is a problem with that. You said the entire time you were playing this game, you were on track for this platinum. There's going to be no issue getting this platinum. I was, I, I'm at 87% of the way through to the platinum. There are three trophies that I need that are tied to the third semester of the game, which the third semester is the new content that they've added to the game. You can only unlock the third semester if you reach a certain confidant level with three characters. I didn't reach that confidant level with one of those characters, and so I got the normal ending to Persona 5. Oh. I'm I, How when I, dare when you? I, when I got the... And the thing is, I've been doing it where I've been like, okay, I'm just gonna... I'm doing one save slot, so it's like, I'm not gonna regret any of my decisions. It's just gonna go keep going forward, keep going forward. I didn't know about that. So... I'm doing a second playthrough of the game now. The New Game Plus is actually really good because you everything carries over except for your level, but all of your personas, all of your equipment, all of your money, everything carries over. And so I'm going to speed run through the game till November when you can get the third semester, and I'm going to play that content. And the reason I'm doing that is because I love Persona 5. Persona 5 is now one of my favorite games of all time. It is a story. I even with the normal ending to Persona Five, I cried multiple times during it. That game, it is a game that has kept me invested for ninety six hours, and it's going to keep me invested mm-hmm. until I get to the new content in Royale. Nice. That's what I got to say. Yeah, I love Persona Five, and as soon as I'm done with Royale, I'm probably going to download uh, Four Golden because I think like I love this franchise now, and Persona Five is like the perfect gateway into that. It's such an, it's the, everything, every single thing about the game is just, there's so much that keeps me wanting to come back, keeps me thinking about it. And I just, I can't wait to continue experiencing this world with the new content that they've added. I wish I got to do it in my first playthrough, but that was my bad. So does does this, sorry, does this inspire you to play any of the previous persona games have you played them before or no so i am gonna play four when i finish five because it did just get released on steam 
I don't yeah. know how to play any of the other ones. I have I, Vita. I, yeah, I I don't know if I'm going to. I think four will probably be enough for me. And I am mm-hmm. now gonna like I now have on my radar when Persona Five Scramble comes out, which is like the Dynasty Warrior meets Persona game. When that comes out, I'm probably gonna play that just because I'm so invested in this world. If I could make some recommendations on the Persona mm-hmm. front, um, once you play Persona Four, there's a Persona Four fighting game. I don't know if you're aware called Persona Four Arena Ultimax. No, I'm not. Um, it is a canon story after Persona Four. Okay. That's actually really good. And Persona 4 Dancing All Night is also canon story after that game has finished. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because I knew about the dancing games, and I was thinking about there's one, four, five as well. Um, and I was thinking about potentially picking that up, but I'm not sure how invested I'm going to be in that specifically. But so. and I if still you, think I might. If you get a chance, Persona 3 follows the same template it's kind of like where they restarted the franchise almost um it was a new beginning but it's a very similar style what system is it on you can so there's a ps2 for the original persona 3 then there's persona 3 uh fes or fes fes uh which was the upgraded version with the answer deal with the answer expansion to it but then the version to play is on the psp which you can also play on the vita so i might be able to emulate it then yeah if it's on the ps yeah <gasps> and that's a persona 3 portable and that one allows you to choose a male or female protagonist um okay. and does some extra stuff i don't think it has the answer ex- extra stuff on it though no i don't believe so i i, I want to chime in quickly and say i played uh so they ported persona 3 fes to the playstation 3 uh, I played that version after I beat Persona 4 Golden, and I, like, it was painfully apparent that, uh, h- how to phrase this, like, a lot of the kind of quality of life improvements that they made in Persona 4 Golden were not uh, apparent in Persona 3 FES, and I think that, yeah, as Nathan said, Persona 3 Portable is the way to go, because yeah. they definitely featured some of those same quality of life improvements in that game. That's the and, way I played it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I definitely am going to look into that. I mean, as soon as I finish this second playthrough of Persona 5 Royal, which right now I started it today as of recording, and I'm already almost at the end of Komashida's Palace. Okay. I've been skipping I've been skipping through all the dialogue, all the cutscenes, because yep. I'm just trying to speedrun it up to the point where I can get the new content. And so I really think that I should be able to get through this relatively quickly. Um, but then as soon as I'm done with that, I think I will take a break from super long JRPGs because I did Final Fantasy, I did Final Fantasy VII Remake, and then I did Fire Emblem Three Houses, and then into Persona Five Royal. And so I need a break. I need some smaller experiences for a little while. So there's a chance too that Persona Three, either Fez or Portable, hopefully Portable, gets ported to Steam too with this Persona. Like by the time that you get done Persona Four Golden, yeah. I, I see that as a possibility. I don't know why they just port Golden and that's it. Uh, so on the subject of super long role-playing games, I recently platinumed my... Uh, what's the name of that old whale uh, that's white and that that old seaman is kind of Moby constantly Dick. hunting? Right. I finally conquered my white whale, which was the Final Fantasy thirteen Platinum. Um, it's not the hardest Platinum that I've ever earned in my years trophy hunting, but it is definitely among the longest platinums i've ever had to earn man there is an insane grind at the end of this game i still stand by an underrated title i think it's battle system is better than most give it credit but i would not recommend that you go in platinuming this game unless you have a lot of disposable time on your hands 
Cozy, can so, I ask you a question yeah. about it? Yes. Have you played Final Fantasy Thirteen Two? Uh, after I beat Final Fantasy Thirteen for the first time, I started up Final Fantasy Thirteen Two. I played about ten minutes. And I just kind of got bored. I I think in retrospect, at the time, I was too Final Fantasy thirteened out. And so I think that with enough time, I'll probably be able to go back to 13.2 and enjoy it. But I don't okay. know with certainty. All right. I, I think it's better than 13 considerably. So I was just curious I, for your feedback on it. But it sounds like you still need to go back and play it at some point then. Yeah, I don't know when I'm going to go back and play it because it sounds to me like it's another monster of an RPG, but we'll see. You want to talk about a monster of an RPG? I got one for you. And that's the Isle of Armor DLC that dropped in Pokemon Sword and Shield today. Did it's... you say, though, you finished the story content for it? That doesn't I sound finished that big the... to me. It... The game itself like is big. The DLC, well, I mean, Pocket Monsters. Uh, yeah, the oh. DLC is not the longest, but I also kind of... I didn't meander. So essentially, we what we thought of the DLC is what came to pass. The DLC is just a new wild area with its own dens, its own Pokemon available in it, and its own small story content, which wasn't... I mean, it's Pokemon writing, so it's not fucking Shakespeare, but it was serviceable in terms of getting you through the story beats you needed to get through. There's like three quest lines you have to complete to complete the main story of the DLC, and then you get this new legendary Pokemon, which is cool. And something that also, as far as I know, wasn't announced is when you get past a certain point in the DLC, Pokemon will follow you in the overworld on the Isle of Armor like they did huh. in uh, Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver. And I really appreciate Ooh. that coming back. Uh, huh. But yeah, I mean, it's it's more Pokemon. I love Pokemon. I'm happy to play more Pokemon. Give me more Pokemon. So my son, we're going to uh, talk about some more Pokemon. My son woke up to this news today. I let him watch uh, the Pokemon Direct, which I think we'll talk about soon. Um, oh we will yeah uh but he's like wait dad the dlc's out today and i was like yes and he's like dad can we get it can we get it now i'm like well i'll have to talk to your mom about it and so all day we toyed with him and we're like well maybe once you do enough chores we'll consider it so all day he's been running around the house cleaning things for us vacuuming doing whatever he could and so we finally let him download the pokemon dlc oh good night parker uh so i want to know what version of Urshifu did you get? I went with the Rapid Strike style, which I think is what it's called, the water fighting yeah. type. Because I felt like that was a little more unique in terms of competitive Pokemon. There aren't, there's, as far as I know, there's only one other water fighting type, and that's Keldeo. Uh, mm. Whereas we do have a, a few, I think it's still just a handful, but we do have a few other fighting dark types. So I just wanted to go yeah. with something a little different. But sure. I mean, I don't know if I would have paid full price for this, to be honest. Um, I used my gold coin, so I think I got it for like twenty bucks. But I think in Canada it's almost forty for these two DLCs. Thirty-eight ninety-nine. So you're so you're essentially paying forty dollars for about six hours of content, which mm -hmm. isn't unreasonable given the other quality of life things that it brings and more content to do post story content. There's a lot to explore. You get the November content too for that price. Like that's exactly included. yeah. That's why oh, I said okay. that's why I said about six hours. So it's about three hours of content in this one. I'm expecting. At least in terms of story, there to be about the same amount of content in the second that, piece of DLC. That's something I never considered. There's two versions of the game, yeah, which means you have to buy two versions of the DLC. We have both Sword and Shield, uh, so I made my side oh. pick. Um, I, I was like, we're not getting both. And really, I played on Sword. He played Shield mostly, so I don't think he's really dabbled in Sword, so it was an easy choice. But for people who've been playing both games to try and get all the Pokemon... 
it's it's a tough decision i don't know why they just didn't do one piece of dlc that would work for both that would have been very yeah. because uh, and, they uh, like money people have been buying the ron one too apparently and yeah, nintendo's, apparently not, nintendo's not been good about refunds for oh. that I mean, you don't need both versions of the game. I helped Cozy finish his national decks the other day. Thank you. you. Just trade with friends. Uh, on the subject of Nintendo Switch games, uh, I do want to briefly state that I recently got back into Mario Kart 8. Uh, oh, Mario yeah. Kart 8 was e like easily one of, if not probably my favorite game on the Wii U. And I held off for a really long time on getting the Nintendo Switch version because I had like already 100% the Wii U version. Uh, mm -hmm. And then eventually some other friends of mine decided to host a game night where we were playing this game. And so I figured, well, there's no excuse now. And what a great game. Like, mm -hmm. I don't really have much else to say mm -hmm. than what a just incredibly well-polished, delightful experience of an experience. Uh, go get it if you haven't gotten it yet. Uh, and that's about it. Uh, and I've well, one last in addition to that, I also want to mention that I watched a movie over the weekend called House Shark. Uh, I'm not going to be displaying any image of, his, of it on screen while I talk about it because I don't know if they're PG or not. Uh, I will say, though, that it is a very enjoyable time and that you should... Was that yes. the movie that you were posting about on Twitter? Uh, yes, I had a very okay. long Twitter saw, thread on it. I saw all of those and I was very intrigued by it. Yes, that's a very good way of describing it. Uh, really quick, Nathan, you've got... Animal Crossing and a frowny face on this document, and we need to talk about that. Uh, you are what? you guys breaking no. up? Are you an Animal Crossing? So finally, ways? I'm like at a point now where I've put 500 hours plus into Animal Crossing. Fuck, damn. Um, okay. And I'm starting to run out of things to do. Um, oh no! It's really becoming a chore in the morning just to go hit rocks and shake trees, and the money means nothing because I have 30 million dollars in the bank now from my. <laughs> Uh, turnip collecting and it's just grown I only had 22 million and I haven't done anything to pick fruit and I still somehow have 8 million now or eight, added 8 million to it um, the economy is really messed up in it uh, but I just I'm not getting the same feeling now I, maybe that'll change when July hits that I can catch new bugs and stuff again and new fish but I can see myself going back to this monthly and I'm still going to be checking in daily on it but it's much less time and I'm also 40 DIYs away from all of the non-seasonal recipes Wow. So, um, like, I'm falling out of love with the game, which uh, I guess maybe after 500 hours is okay. Like, I got my time out of it. Yeah. Yeah, I, th yeah. I think you got your money. I think you got your money's worth out of that. Yeah, I think I did all right. Um, I'll still keep playing it for a bit, and uh, maybe a new seasonal event will catch up. But wedding season, not the right seasonal event for me. So, mm. uh, but totally I, fair. I haven't played as much video games this week because I spent a week uh, researching like crazy about building a new PC. We didn't really get a chance to talk about that last week. Um, so I have computer parts on the way from uh, Memory Express out west. Um, they are coming. Uh, they are really great for uh, if you're a Canadian looking to build a computer. I found they had the best prices and they do price matching online. So Ooh, if you can find, cool. yeah, if you can find um, uh, like a lower, a better price, you can just at the checkout say, oh, I want to price match this. And they have the option for each item. And then you just put a link to the website where it's cheaper and they'll verify it. Just, so, okay. so this computer that you're building isn't going to be like top of the line no. specs or so, anything like that. You, I noticed you have like a Ryzen 5 and you're getting a, an, an AMD graphics card. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's changed to an NVIDIA because of availability. Uh, okay. But yeah, it's it's not a powerhouse PC. I'm not looking like I'm not a 
PC gamer. Uh, that's not what my focus is. I don't have 4K monitors. Um, so really, I think what I want is I need something that can run podcasts. Because I don't know if you guys notice when we're filming the podcast, I don't look at the camera because uh, my computer sucks so bad that if I have other things open while we're filming it, it just causes a lot of problems. So I actually have all my stuff open on my surface work surface beside me. Um, hmm so that I can see what's going on. So I just want something that'll function well when we're doing this and I can actually use the computer the way I should be using it. And I thought maybe I'd pick up Game Pass for the PC because I don't have Hell Game yeah. Pass. I've never played an Xbox game before ever. So I thought maybe well, okay. the six bucks a month is maybe the, worth the, hard, the investment. The hard part, the hard part with, with that is Game Pass specifically, you're, you know, you will be downloading things to that computer and you will need to run them on that computer but a lot of the titles if i assume if they can run on a xbox one you can probably run them at decent enough quality and yeah more than likely can play the only game that matters on game pass which is the master chief collection so true i like finally join those conversations like it's still got a decent graphics card it's an r5 processor like i think it'll be it'll be powerful enough for me i think me to run the games on like 1080p no problems Mm -hmm. and that's all i'm looking for um i actually the motherboard i got i realized that it didn't have wi-fi i didn't realize that motherboards don't have wi-fi baked into all of them um automatically uh so i had to message them uh the message memory express i sent them an email and they called me back and we just switched which motherboard i was getting so that i could get one with wi-fi and bluetooth built in um but uh yeah no i'm looking forward to getting the pieces next week on thursday and if there's mm-hmm. interest in the, uh, I might try to uh, stream me building it. So you can see somebody cool. who's never I built a PC build it. a PC. Yeah, we probably host that here, I would expect. Yeah. Uh, just ju- just to wrap this up, another game mm-hmm. I've been playing. I sunk way too much time into it this week before the Pokemon DLC. And that's one we talked about last week is being on sale. And that's Slay the Spire. What is that? So for those, for those who don't know, this is a roguelite dungeon crawler card game is the best way I can describe it. Essentially, you start a run with a specific character who has a specific set of cards after certain encounters or certain... Yeah, after certain encounters through the dungeon, you get to unlock more cards to add to your deck or you go to the merchant, you buy more cards. It's procedurally generated, changes every run through. It's... I didn't I didn't know I would get addicted to this game as much as I have because I love card games. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in MC Fixer's Twitch chat for the... PC game, oh no, the the Guerrilla Collective, which we also aren't really going to talk about much today, but there was a lot of card games announced there, and mm-hmm. everyone I saw, I'm like, yep, I gotta have that, I gotta have that, I gotta have that. We all know <laughs> I love the Battle Network series, I love the Pokemon trading card game, video game on the Game Boy Color. Did I'm, you ever get into Gwent? I started The Witcher 3 this week. I played oh. a game of I, I played I, I played a game of Gwent. It's going to wow. take up way too much of my time. It's going to kill me. Um, but we'll see how that goes. I'm going to play that. I'm going to play. That's going to be a slow burn for me. The Witcher three, especially with the last of us dropping this week. Uh, it did Mm -hmm. also come to iOS slay the spire. That is, uh, Mm -hmm. but I got it on switch on sale because I love me some switch games. There's a few quests when you get to them in the Witcher three that I'm going to be really excited to hear what your thoughts are specifically one with a baby. Uh Okay. I I've literally gotten to a, like the first mission in the game. I've not gotten very far at all. Okay. That'll be a little while. Well, and with that, uh, I think it's about time we head over and uh, see what's in the news. Ready, set, go. News drop. First up, um, 
you guys did a, a, a reaction to the PlayStation 5 reveal. We did. Screen. Yeah, we put out a second helpings episode just talking about our thoughts about the entire freaking thing. Yeah, we talked yeah. about every single game. I, uh, I was a little busy um, playing The Last of Us, trying to finish it as quickly as possible because I t- had totally forgotten how long that game was and I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to make it before The Last of Us 2 comes out. And I, You know, it's a whole thing. Um, but yeah, no, um, Bug Snacks. That's, that's all I have to say about that is, yeah, fuck yeah, Bug Snacks. Let's go. Game of the year 2020. Yeah, it was a game of show. As I said on the episode that we recorded, I think that Bug Snacks has become a little bit too popular too fast. And while I have no doubt that the game will be of a great quality when it launches, I'm hoping that they can sustain the momentum that they currently have now all the way to release. Cozy, the developer, to... t- the, the developer today said that it's like Ape Escape. Ape Escape is dope. This is going to be a good game. Is yeah. it? If you go to the to the developer's Twitter, um, they released what they called the... Uh, did they call it the prequel to it or whatever? Uh, it, it, just go check Just go check it out on, on Twitter. They're, uh, oh, I'll have to check that out. Whatever they have there. It's, 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 it's a pretty good bit they, they put on. And make sure to check out the episode because I think it was actually really, really well done. I thought we had really good conversations throughout the whole thing. And I think Nathan did a really good job hosting it. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see about that. I mean, I I had to edit it, so I can confirm. All right. My girlfriend watched, and she had very good things to say about the episode. So yeah, I, I haven't listened back to it yet, but I know when I get to it. Like I got to AJ's episode from like a month ago this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone in this group does a phenomenal job when they take the hosting chair, and I really appreciate getting a chance to not host. So thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> anyway, next up, uh, let's just get into the Pokemon Corner. Let's talk yeah. about it. what happened. Oh. What happened today? Did we see okay. Pokemon Sleep? No. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, I okay. forgot about that. The the notes in our Pokemon Corner brought too. to you by brought to you by yours truly. I didn't go anywhere else for this. This is just coming from me. Pokemon Smile was announced today for iOS and Android. Are you fucking kidding me? Is this a joke? <laughs> Seriously? We saw this before Sleep. Available now. Okay. That's all sure. I've written down for Pokemon Smile. I'm, uh, uh, we also got an. Sorry, go ahead, Cozy. I just want to say, I'm rewatching the press conference right now. I'm noticing that he has two uh, Detective Pikachu amiibos in the background, which those oh. things are pretty rare. Like, you you have to really get up early in the morning if you wanted to get those amiibos back in the day, and I feel kind of jealous, to be honest. Cozy, also, don't worry. We're gonna get we're gonna get to speculating about that background soon. Yeah. Yeah, we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the second game that was announced and talked about a little bit was Pokemon Cafe Mix. This is a free-to-start title. It's a puzzle game coming to both Switch, Android, and iOS. Um, you're preparing drinks and dishes. You're expanding your cafe to offer more selection, which brings more Pokemon to the cafe. So is it like uh, It's going to be available soon. It, no. Okay. The puzzle, it's, wa- it was more... Yeah, it's more of just like linking... It's oh, almost it like a, a Pokemon trout. It, it's all, it, not quite match three. It was no. just like create the longest combo, almost like okay. a Pokemon troze. It doesn't okay. look like a puzzle game, like in your traditional sense, because you're just swirling your finger around. I'm not sure what that will feel like gameplay wise to try and get. I'm yeah, still I gotta say, to it. the gameplay footage that they showed here, it didn't look like it, it looked hard to track. But I'd imagine that in practice, it will probably be simpler than it looks like on screen. 
My uh, son yeah. says it looks like a game he played uh, on his phone called Yokai Watch Wibble Wobble. Huh. <laughs> okay. uh, I don't know. Uh, he he loves the Yokai Watch franchise, and it was uh, he's he's like, oh, it looks like Yokai Watch Wibble Wobble. I mean, so. Pokemon Sun and Moon actually borrowed a lot of elements from Yokai Watch because at the time of those games release, Yokai Watch was doing really really well mm-hmm. in Japan. So I don't I don't put it past it that this game might actually be inspired by that Yokai Watch game. It's potential, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, it's it's a free to start title, but it, and it's also going to be available soon. It's available for preload now on all three devices, or on all three stores, the Switch, the iOS store, and the Google Play store. And if I remember correctly, that's why I went to grab my Switch, because it actually had a date in there for when it was going to be available. Uh, According to the Switch, it's available June 23rd, so we're not going to have to wait that long to give it a shot. So I'm expecting it to come up again next week, which we'll get to talking about in a bit. So the next thing, and this is my honest reaction to what I saw, this looks awesome. Holy shit, Pokemon Snap? And that's exactly what we got, baby. We're getting a new Pokemon Snap. This is the only thing I heard talked about from this press conference on Twitter. It's the most important thing from the press conference. There's no question about that. I know people have been asking every time there's a Pokemon Direct, where's my Pokemon Snap? So now they're finally getting it after 20 years. It, what, what, what's frustrating is they had not only the Wii U, which just the design of the controller and everything for pokemon snap that would have been perfect they also had the 3ds and they still didn't do it um you kind of got a little bit of something in pokemon go but it wasn't pokemon snap and then you know now yeah great now now we're getting pokemon snap finally Um, i I think it might i wish they did something earlier i think it might have been a a factor of finding the right partner because we actually know that this isn't coming from game freak uh Mm -hmm. bandai namco is actually developing this title uh we don't have a release window or any more details um if it's similar in length to the original Pokemon Snap, I really hope it's not a full price game. Yeah, so, so th- jumping off of that, you know, one comment that I had on Twitter is, I hope that this game is not absolutely gigantic. I think one of the appeals of Pokemon Snap back on the Nintendo 64 was that it was a relatively small and compact experience. It was a kind of game that you could have a shitty day at school and you could come home and over the course of a long afternoon, you could pretty much beat and 100% it. Obviously, I hope that they make up for lost time and have this be a bigger experience, but I hope that it's not the biggest game in the world. Someone on Twitter actually responded to my tweet. I think it was Maverick. He said, you know, maybe they could have, like, the levels feature procedurally generated Pokemon selection. So, like, the actual size of the game would be relatively small, but the possibilities for what Pokemon you could be photographing would be potentially endless, which I think is a neat idea. And I'm looking forward to seeing what this game does. So I, I wouldn't hold your breath for anything like that. It's going to be, it's going to be exactly what you expect. It's going to be, I think my hope with it is the original one had branching paths. Um, so while you could get through it, uh, in one playthrough, sometimes you had to play through it a few times to find the different paths or the different areas, um, mm-hmm. or you had to do different things to get different Pokemon to appear. I want to see more of that, like yeah, put yeah. more branching paths in there, make it. So it is like a three or four hour run, but you get to different, like you go through different areas and you go through different paths, depending on what you're doing. Kind of like when you used to do the star Fox map and you could pick your way. I was just going to say star Fox. Yeah. yeah. When you're going through the star Fox map and you're picking, Oh, you might completely miss this entire planet. 
but you went to other things instead because you did other things. So I don't know. Like it wouldn't still make it the deepest game, but it would put some choice out there um, and give you a few extra plays out of it, which is, I think, the best we can hope for in this type of situation. Yeah, I think the other thing we saw too is we saw Pokemon from every generation, as far as I can tell, that was represented here. So I'm really hopeful that there's a lot more content for them to to feed from for this. Maybe it isn't that it's all in the base game. Maybe this is another opportunity for them to offer DLC. So they'll just do the base game and then for $20, they'll offer a Sinnoh map pack or a Johto map pack or whatever they're going to do to expand this game and keep it going as opposed to just being that first three to six hour experience that I'm expecting myself. Absolutely. Uh, but we also have no idea when this is coming. They just announced it as new Pokemon Snap. Next year, the next bit would be my guess. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, yeah. The next piece of news that we got was around Pokemon Go. They uh, spent a bit of time talking about how GoFest this year will be going digital due to the ongoing pandemic. They announced that Victini, the victory Pokemon, will be available in Pokemon Go at some point in 2020, presumably through special research, the same way other uh, legendary Pokemon of that ilk have been available in the game, and that Mega Evolutions will come to Pokemon Go at some time in 2020. Are they, are they necessary? Mega evolutions. I mean, it'll affect the PvP meta a bit, I'm sure, but I don't care. Somebody can correct me on this if I'm wrong, but I believe that, um, so like, I believe last year there was an event where you could go out into the wild and like basically capture a bunch of Gengars in rapid succession via max raid battles. And I remember at the time the Scudbolt was like, hey, it's great that we're getting these Gengars and we even have an opportunity to get, um, shiny Gengars, but the problem is, is that shiny Gengar looks very similar to a regular Gengar, and I believe that at the si- time, somebody like affiliated with Pokemon Go teased hey, you know, you look forward to Mega Evolutions, because Mega Gengar looks very different from regular, uh, shiny Re- Mega Gengar looks very different from uh, normal Mega Gengar. I-, I-, I think that, like, don't discount people who like the prospect of Mega Evolutions, because you know, it adds a little bit of extra aesthetic flourish to their pokes or, you know, just because it's something neat to have. Yeah, shiny Mega Gengar is all white. It looks really dope compared to traditional Mega Gengar. Um, Yeah, but that's about it from the Pokemon Go update. Uh, There's a little bit more coming in a bit, but not too much. Uh, They then got into talking about the Sword and Shield expansion because, as we've said, the Isle of Armor, uh, so the first part of the DLC expansion pass is available now. There was a new trailer associated with that, just showing off a little more of the gameplay. They did announce that Zeraora is coming to raids in Pokemon Sword and Shield, which yeah. is a mythical Pokemon from the previous generation, and announced that if a 1 million trainers complete Zeraora raids between now and June 28th, it will unlock the opportunity or at least be the gift of a shiny Zeraora, which is previously unavailable. I already battled a bunch of them before we went live with this podcast. Uh, one thing to note is that you can encounter occasionally shiny Zero Auras in these max raid battles, and it's weird because you can't catch them after you beat them, and so the whole time it's like, uh, this feels super unfortunate. Um, Wasting but, that shiny opportunity on something you can't catch. Yeah, no. uh, but I recommend everybody take the challenge. Uh, I actually managed to beat one of them, so that's one point towards the one million goal accomplished by yours truly. They have a pretty wide selection of moves, including dragon moves, electric moves, uh, fire moves, uh, but it is a totally doable challenge. Cozy, we should totally organize a a sword and shield raid night or something within the kind of funny Toronto community. That'd be fun. Totally down. Okay, uh, the last little bit of news from sword and shield is 
to tie into this announcement, they've released Galarian Farfetch'd and new outfits based on the Dojo outfits from Isle of Armor into Pokemon Go. And then finally, they announced that another Pokemon Presents presentation would be coming next week on June 24th. And this is where things get interesting, fellas. Yeah, what expectations do you have for it? My expectation is we're getting Gen 2 Let's Go. What about Pokemon Sleep? When are we getting that? We might get that too. Yeah, we'll probably get that thing. Can I make a prediction? Pokemon Coliseum. That would be cool. I'd kill for that. So they can bring your minigame back, Cozy. Uh, what was it? So, like, lick a ton, like lick the ton and hit the right spot. That was I mean, Pokemon. I have, hold on, I have five Pokemon different Stadium. corrections. Hold on. Okay, number one, there's no real point to have a Pokemon Stadium or Pokemon Coliseum game anymore, considering that the Pokemon games are effectively on Nintendo's home consoles. Two, Pokemon Coliseum, which is a game you specifically mentioned, did not have any mini games in it. The whole trade-off there was. Uh, in this case, there's not going to be any mini games or anything like that, but we will give you a single player campaign. Oh, shame Pokemon on Stadium. you, Nathan. I, I, I'm still like for the idea of Pokemon Stadium, but you should have said, hey, wouldn't you like to see a continuation of the story of Wes and all the other characters in that game? Cozy, what if we see the Pokemon Stadium mini games remastered in Pokemon Snap? I mean, that'd be cool. Neat. So anyone else have any wild speculation about this next presentation? For me, I say Johto. Because if you look back at the presentation, there are a lot of Johto stuffed animals on that guy's desk, including an Eevee, Umbreon, and Espeon sitting in front of the Pokemon Let's Go Switch box. So Mm. they like to drop these kind of teases in their videos, and that's what I'm expecting to see, to be honest. Uh, I'm pretty ambivalent towards it. I I do want to speculate, though, what do you think the starter Pokemon could be in these Gold and Silver remakes if this indeed is what's happening? I think it's an Eevee. You, you uh, really think, think it will be do that again? A token. I really... think it will be an Eevee that you can choose to evolve into either Umbreon or Espeon based on the version that you bought. Oh, oh Togepi mm. and Eevee. Togepi. That's what I said. No, Togepi. Just, just Eevee. Yeah. And it'll be Let's Go oh. Umbreon, Let's Go Espeon. Oh. Hmm. I can see Togepi. Yeah. Togepi is kind of the iconic Pokemon from that generation, though. Yeah. Yeah. He was in the cartoon. I, I just realized how disappointed I will be when I don't get to choose a Totodile. But you'll get a get. You'll be able to catch Totodile at some point if they follow the Let's yeah, Go but model it's not from the same, it's not Pikachu like and Eevee. That it's not like the one Totodile. It's like yeah, it, it, the one the one starter feels special, right? Especially and in the Let's Go games. Especially there. So imagine yeah, I, imagine I, that little Totodile being all animated and stuff, hanging out on your shoulder and running around or whatever he does i I think let's go makes sense for this year though because they we already know that the second piece of dlc isn't going to drop until later this year they're not going to want to release a mainline console game while they're still releasing uh dlc for the previous generation so Mm -hmm. i think we're going to see a year off between either what it will be this gen and next gen or -hmm. this gen and a proper remake of gen 4 that's my guess now i know what it's like when i talk about halo incessantly Pokemon so good. All right, I'm we done. should keep moving here because uh, yeah. we're almost at an hour. Yeah, Let, let's keep going. What's um number three uh, on the list here? Oh uh, yes, AT and T reportedly looking to sell Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment. We're never gonna see that Batman game, are we? It's <laughs> no. If we'll see someone it. if someone buys WB, they're going to buy it with the context that they're allowed to release this game because it's in the works. It's gonna happen. Maybe. But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, 
an interesting thing that I, I pulled with this article as well was a second article from gamesindustry.biz from Brendan Sinclair of an industry analyst saying that the sale of WBIE could set off a wave of mergers and acquisitions leading into next gen as all the major developers, publishers, uh, console holders will want to go into next gen as strong as they can. So it'll be mm -hmm. interesting to see what happens over the next few months with regards yeah. to sales. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah, not not a lot of not a lot of information there. It's just hey, if you guys had if you guys happening. had to pick a landing spot for WB Studios, so Rocksteady, WB Montreal, uh, yeah. uh, uh, what is it? TT Games. Where? Monolith, what? Who would you yeah. want to see buy these studios? Okay, yeah, but who do I you could, expect to I buy these studios? I could see Microsoft though trying to make the trying to make some big fucking moves. Microsoft mm -hmm. has been really trying recently of picking up studios, and if yeah. anyone, if anyone, like they need to, and plus like they a need to do that. Yeah, a studio like Rocksteady is doing what they need, which is to compete with Sony and their third-person character action games. Yeah, and so you, Rocksteady could you, be a really good investment. Okay, I, I have a left-field suggestion here. How about THQ Nordic? We're all yeah. complaining about, oh man, when's this Batman game going to appear? We like to make fun of THQ Nordic a lot, but one thing that they've done over the past couple of years is be like, hey, did you like Kingdom of Zombler? Guess what? It's coming back. They're <laughs> really good at taking these things that are have been lost in the snow for a real long time and bringing them back. So I feel like if anyone can usher Batman into existence, it's THQ Nordic. They can have a no, whole no. list of like 500 games that they haven't released yet. <laughs> Do you, do you want to hear my left out of left field prediction let's, for a merger or acquisition that could happen that would change the face of the industry forever? Let's Microsoft acquires Valve. No. Valve has too Why? much money. Why? But so does Microsoft. Valve no. has Steam. They print money. That's, because then that's Valve the thing, Steam, right? Though, if, it, it, Valve is no, not but, for sale. Valve is a private company. There's no way that they could get purchased. But what what if what if Microsoft replaced the micro the Windows Store the Xbox it, Game Store with Steam? What if your console was there? backwards compatible to Steam? It's yeah, not gonna happen. honestly, the only the only thing that I can see being like that much significant, like well, other other than like the the game cat, uh, catalog and everything, um, when it comes to Steam, the thing that I want most is something that I took advantage of in. Um, with PUBG and whatnot, uh, back when I that originally came out, um, the marketplace where you got an in-game item unlocked and you could put it up on the marketplace and sell it for real money that you could then turn into other games. That's something that I think like you get it gets complicated when they have to send you a tax form after like two hundred dollars that you make or whatever. But at the same time, it's like that. That's the sort. I think I think that sort of thing needs to happen. I, I could still see it. Microsoft still needs a VR headset going into next gen. They get it with Oculus, or I they get just, it with the Valve Index. I so, just don't I, think I don't you know, understand think... how much money Valve makes from Steam. Like, I, I get it, but yeah. Microsoft makes a lot more. If they really wanted to go in on next gen and replace a garbage store like they have in Windows, why not? Mm -hmm. You throw enough money at a private company's doorstep, their board of directors is going to say, you are selling for this much money. It could I, sell I, for more than Star Wars, but there's no price on anything. Like, everyone has a price. Fair enough. Fair oh, enough. Ted DiBiase. Fair enough. Um, and then, Cozy. Yes. I hear you want to say a little thing before we move on. 
about the good old Kingdom Hearts. Oh god, yeah. is, it, is it coming back? I'm gonna keep yes. this very short and sweet. It will be no longer than the length of the trailer. Uh, yeah, there's a Kingdom Hearts rhythm game called Melody of Memories that's coming Woo. out very soon. Its trophies are gonna be great. It will probably deliver some sweet dulcet tunes. Everybody that cares about this series should get it. That's it. Do we have a release date on it, Cozy? Uh, no, it just says 2020 for the time being. In fact, the the only trailer that has been made available for it, I believe... Oh, no, wait, actually, uh, the one that I'm currently watching is in English. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was always confirmed for North America, but, yeah, much is TBD on this game. Yeah, coming to PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. So Kingdom Hearts for the Switch. You guys wanted it, now you got it. It's like Hell Persona yeah. 5 Scramble. Did we want it, though? A lot of people want Kingdom Hearts on the Switch. Yeah, I hear that. On uh, The Switch is kind of perfect for Kingdom Hearts, let's be real. The Switch is kind of perfect for most games. Yeah. Except it's not powerful enough to run most yeah, games. Yeah, that's true. Not with that attitude, Nathan. <laughs> it's Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, the idea of the Switch is perfect for most games. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's Very all that true. matters. Uh, this week we have... Nothing in the dock for read slash watch all the things. I'm gonna I'm gonna take that as Mitch already covered it and what he I, was doing with all his comic book stuff. I can uh, say pretty much. One, I can say one thing. By the time that Go this ahead. episode comes out, EA Play will have aired. We don't know what happens to it because we're recording this on the Wednesday, the one day before it. Uh, Good point. Excited to see what they do. Maybe we'll get a Mass Effect trilogy uh, remaster. I hope so. Be better. Either way, Star Wars Squadron will probably look cool. Yeah. That 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 trailer was okay. I thought it looked Star Wars. I thought like the the trailer, though it is pre-rendered. It, I thought it did look cool. It looked fine. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Um, unless anybody else has anything to add, there, uh, it's time to rain some deals upon you. So, Mitch. oh, okay. Oh, Alan. I I added one as we were recording, and it actually kind of it. it actually does kind of tie into uh, what I was just talking about because EA. Mm -hmm has made a really interesting move. They put a whole lot of their games on Steam for the first time ever. They put Star Wars Battlefront, Star Wars Battlefront 2, Dragon Age uh, Inquisition, uh, the, Mass Effect These are the new, the new games. Yes. Yeah, Ma yeah, yeah. like yeah, like the, the new Battlefront games. Yeah, the ones the that came ones. out in 2015 and 2017. They added yeah. all the battlefields, like 3, 4, a Hardline, and 5, mm -hmm. as well as like Andromeda, Need for Speed Heat. Like They've added a whole lot of games to Steam, plus they're all on sale right now until July 9th. I wow. looked up. Yeah, like just it seems like EA is kind of given up on Origin, and they're starting to go back to Steam, which is really nice. Thank God. Yes, thank God, indeed. But you still need to have Origin installed to play these games. Oh, fuck off. Yeah, it's like a Mitch, dummy, situation. Dummy EA is dumb. <laughs> yeah, EA is going to EA. Mitch, what else you got for us? Uh, I know we talked last week about the bundle on itch.io for racial injustice. That did really well. And now Humble has sort of followed their lead and released a Humble bundle uh, in uh, called the Fight for Racial Justice Bundle, including mm -hmm. games like Baba Is You, Hyperlight Drifter, Jackbox 4, Kerbal Space Program, Football Manager 2020, NBA 2K20, Bioshock, and a number of others, as well as a bunch of digital books. I mm -hmm. think you have to pay mm -hmm. something like it's, 40 I, it's When I looked at it, it was, yeah, it was yeah. $43 last I looked. Uh, mm -hmm. So it does change, but honestly, yeah. for for the games you're getting, it's worth it, and it's going to a good cause. So As I don't know well, how long it's on for. I think it's on for about another week from recording, yeah. so not very long from when we release the show. So if you're interested, go grab it. As well, 
one of the really enticing things about this, besides the fact that it does go to a really good cause, is they are all Steam keys, which is huge. Yes. Yeah, that's that's kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. So if you if you can do it, even if you have some of the games, honestly, just do it anyway because it's for. A really oh, I also good I also forgot well, to yeah. mention the best game in the bundle, which is Spelunky. Yeah, I guess I guess if you have some of the games already, you can just give that key to somebody else. Can, can that's you? that is also yep. true. You can do that very yeah. easily, and so, that's so perfect. there's no reason not to get it. Yeah, the gift that keeps on giving, absolutely. And right. uh, with that, I think it's time we moved on to our topic of the show. Whoop, whoop. We are going to play five by five Ooh. best video game narratives in honor now, of the last of us two, which is probably going to find a way onto its onto this list somehow in the future. Um, do we want yeah. to explain the format for people that are new to the show? Uh, you go ahead and do that. Cause you know it best, right? As do you, you say that because I win or because I host a lot? Cause you host a yes. lot. And oh, I was going to say yeah. both, but whatever. I'm getting competitive now, boys. Um, yeah. Five by five is a game where we'll go round by round. Each non-host of game, which is everyone but AJ, will give a reason why the game that they're suggesting deserves to be somewhere on the list. And then AJ, at his discretion, chooses mm-hmm. where they go. Then we get into round two. And in round two, you get to fight for one of your games to be higher on the list than another. And then AJ decides what he's going to do. And in round three, AJ throws us curveballs, and somebody loses. Probably Alex. <laughs> Probably. I did win last um, time, though. That's true. I think. I don't remember. Yeah, you won. Prob- Probably, yeah. yeah. Fair I lost Probably. very poorly. It's okay. Anyway, um, so uh, what, I'm, what I haven't done uh, this week is looked up a list of other narrative games that I could add onto my own list. Because I kind of want, I just kind of want all your surprises. Um, mm-hmm. And so what I'm gonna, what I'm gonna say here is we're just gonna e- each of you is going to pick three games and present them to me, and we uh, we're only gonna go up to twelve this week. Keep it, keep it. Nar- narratives can get kind of long. We we need to keep it short, sweet, simple. Um, and let's just let's just try and remember to. Be kind to one another and have have a good time. Everybody, kind, you need to shake hands. Kindness somehow. doesn't win this game. You I guys would like are to going flip a down. desk over right now. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So uh, that being said, how about we get started? Let's I'm do gonna it. pick at random here, and let's just say, cozy. How about you go first? Uh, all right, cool. Uh, all right, I'm gonna say that. My first pick is, all right, I I hope that you'll forgive me for this because it's in a way two games, but you'll understand in a second. It's Half-Life 2 Episodes 1 and 2. Uh, I think that Half-Life 2 in its base form is a fantastic game. However, admittedly, a lot of the experience is very solitary. A lot of Gordon Freeman's adventures in that game are spent by himself and his own thoughts. And what Episode 1 and Episode 2 do that is significantly to the expansion's benefits are that they pair up uh, Gordon Freeman with Alex for a lot of their durations, and I feel like they make them that much better. I feel like both episodes both do a great job of serving as a kind of conclusion slash uh, continuation of episode two story while still standing on their own, and I feel like the work that they did at kind of making you come to really kind of appreciate and respect and 
just fall in love with Alex, not like romantically, more like platonically over the course of duration. I feel sort of it set the tone for many other action adventure games to follow like the Uncharted's. Something something you you said in there really kind of hit, hit my heart place and that was fall in love with Alex and that is something that really bleeds true to me. So you know what? I'm going to give you the number 1 spot right now. Oh wow. Look yeah, at that. Congratulations. That's, congratulations. That's never it. happened before with, know, with regards right? to the first person that responds on 5 we'll by see, 5 We'll see how long it lasts. I want somebody yeah, at some point to give an answer so bad that they don't even get the number one spot. <laughs> it, it's happened. It's yeah, happened. Has it happened? I, th- I think it's happened. Wait, no, yeah, I think just, every I time they're like, begr- everyone's begrudgingly put it. I know there's been times where like halfway through the list, they'll be like, I can't even give yeah. you like the number it's six It's never been slot. the first game. But it hasn't happened for the first game, and that's what I really want to have happen. One day, yeah. hopefully, when you when you host a five by five, I'll be the change what? I want to see in the world. Do exactly, it. absolutely. Nathan, let's hear from you. Um, so I'm going to talk about a game uh, that got me emotional near the end, and I didn't expect that. Uh, there's mm-hmm. this game. It's uh, on the PS4. Um, it's one of the PS4's biggest games, and it stars a web slinging spider. And somehow through that game, uh, they tell the story of Peter and Dr. Octopus and Aunt May. Um, and you know where it's going and you know what's going to get there. And I don't want to do spoilers, um, but it gets there. And during the final boss uh, scene, which I think most games with, I think uh, they do poor jobs in final bosses. I was actually emotional to a point where I was like tearing up a little bit with what was going on with Peter and a surrogate father figure that he had um a surrogate father figure that he had created uh so i don't see that often in a lot of games and i just felt that was a really powerful moment and it took time it wasn't just like this just happened it was told slowly throughout the narrative of the um the narrative of the story uh, Mm. of the game so anyways that's my pick spider-man ps4 fair enough i hear a lot of good things about spider-man ps4 have you not played unfortunate unfortunately i have not played it it's what? something that i never got around to Ooh. um so unfortunately i gotta put you below half-life all right uh, that's not Ooh. i'm gonna i'm not gonna blame you for this one this one's on me but it's my list this week so uh really that is on all of you at this point <laughs> you let you let me do this i'll buy you a copy of it if it means you'll put it put it up the list I swear um, to God, it's not even my game, and I want it to be first on this list. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll spend the twenty bucks to get you the game of the year. I will give you my copy so I can buy it digital, so I have it on the PS Five. See, we'll, that's the we'll way to do it. S- we'll see what happens. All right. Next up, Mitch, give me your game. The game that's made me the most emotional, having played it based on the story it built over a small time span with two very, very well written, well rounded characters, is Telltale's The Walking Dead season one. The story they tell about Lee and Clem and surviving in a world that there is no surviving and just learning who they are, seeing their relationship grow and where that ends up at the end of that first season. I would argue it's the best narrative we've ever seen in a video game because of how well this story is executed, how well written it is. It's a masterpiece and anyone who cares at all about video game narrative needs to play that game. That's a tough one because everybody... you were telling me so many good things about Spider-Man just just recently, and then you come out with this. 
it's, it's I have like, to argue I, for I, my I, own game. I, Nathan stole my first game. I had to go. I had to do something. Here, okay. Here's the thing. I played the the Walking Dead season one, and I enjoyed myself. But the problem is, I got the the bad glitch in it, where the last episode <laughs> just did not remember any of my things. This is not about. We are not judging the game. We're judging the story, the narrative. Yeah, but here's functionally the, thing. the that game is garbage. Ruined the narrative for me because it was no longer my canonical story huh. and i, I played through thing. i played through the whole game a second time i already know where this is going and it's bullshit and it didn't fix it you know you're wrong doing this <laughs> so it's going at number three fucking bullshit wow just staying in order of the of the list that's crazy how this happens um that being said alex i'm ready you won last week so I you're did. going Last I'm writing. Oh, okay. There was a method to the madness. Method to this madness. Kind okay. of. Eh, kind, just with that one. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, I'm going to choose a game that I think does a franchise well in coming full circle. I'm choosing Bioshock Infinite. I think Bioshock Infinite is a phenomenal game that tells a really big picture story that makes it so that you can understand what's happening because there's a lot of really complex ideas that's happening with like the whole like constants and variables and the what it means like a man a city um a man a city i can't remember what the other thing was for it because i'm panicking but i think bioshock is fantastic i think elizabeth is such a great character and i think what it does over half-life one and episode one and episode two is it Booker DeWitt is a character as well. He has a past. He has a very complex past. He has a relationship with Elizabeth. He's not just a silent dude who doesn't have a personality, but everyone around him makes it sound like he has a personality. So I think this game, as well as the way it ties into the original game with the Burial at Sea DLCs, I think is phenomenal. It makes Bioshock 1 and 2 better because of those DLCs. I think Bioshock Infinite is a phenomenal story in a game. Hmm. A man, a city, and a lighthouse. Yes, I believe. that was what it was. That it's yeah. Can I also say the constants and variables? I want to get tattooed on myself because I love that <laughs> quote so much. Fair enough. Um, I do absolutely love that game, Bioshock Infinite. Um, and and you know all the all the things you mentioned are are are, are very poignant points. Um, so I think I'm gonna have to give it the number three spot oh yeah it's going in the number three spot okay thank you for helping me out there mitch this is a tough list. i don't agree with any of this yeah yeah i i'm i'm constantly honestly thinking thinking pretty hard about this all right so we're gonna go back to the top cozy give me a second game Ooh, back at me already huh well yeah let's think about this Let's talk about a little game called Gun Home. So, mm -hmm. I, I I was debating in my head internally how much I want to say about this game because, admittedly, certain things about Gun Home don't hit as hard if you don't know about it. And I think I'm going to say that way. I'm not going to go into super spoilery territory, but I think that Gun Home is a great demonstration on how you can use environmental storytelling and a touch of voiceovers to tell a really compelling story uh, about 
a seemingly normal cast of characters without having to resort to guns and violence that is intrinsic to the Bioshocks. And what really always struck me about Gone Home is that the secrets that you learn about the main female character at the center of that game are, of course, really riveting and touching. However, there is also a really interesting story concerning the father in that game as well, and even a bit about the mother as well that you have to search a little bit more for because it's not as much at the forefront of the experience. But the fact that every single character in that game gets as much love as the daughter, I think, is really magnificent. And I think that Gone Home is a fantastic narrative experience in the medium. The the purpose of gone home in general is the narrative experience um like that is pretty well literally the entirety of the game and it's it sets you up and and every single person i've spoken to thinks it's the ending that that last moment right at the end is gonna go one direction but it goes a completely different direction and nobody i've spoken to is ever expecting it i think i'm gonna put this one at number one Gone Home was on my list, and Cozy hit the points right, especially with the story of the father and the mother. you got to dig for it. Yeah. But when I played that game the first time, Greg Miller recommended it. I played it on PC like a dork would, uh, (laughs) and I enjoyed it, uh, like, immensely. So, yeah. yeah. I I feel like at this rate, I probably am going to have to host the next episode of 5 by 5 because I don't want to beat everyone too hard. (laughs) We'll see what happens. We'll We'll see see what what happens. Yeah. Who would have known? All I had to do was just strike out nude punch out from the list of games I was going to bring up tonight, and I would have been on a winning streak. Wow. Who'd have thunk it? It'd be a funny right. reoccurring bit if you just started with nude punch out every single episode. Well, <laughs> don't jinx it now. <laughs> five by five, best nude punch out. He still has reference. two more games, or one more game. Yeah, it could still happen. It it's could true. still happen. It's true. And all that matters is how he pitches it. Speaking of pitching it, Pitch it to me, Mitch, or not Mitch, Nathan. Um, it, it, M, the M confused me there. That's fair. It's all good. Yeah. Um, so I thought about this one hard because Gone Home was on my list, so I'm going to go to my next one. Uh, when we talk narrative games, I think we think a lot about emotions and heart feels and what you feel inside. Um, but narratives can also lead to something else. I want to bring up a series, uh, a licensed series, that was never able to produce a good game. Up until they produced two really good games in a row, and it's based off a television show. Um, South Park, oh, we're going to go with South Park, The Sick of Truth, though. And this is a game that, when they made it, reviewers and people who played it were like, this feels like a proper season of South Park. Not just like an episode of South Park. Like, they put together a full proper 10 or 12 episode season of the series. And they managed to keep that narrative going throughout the game to a compelling point um it's funny it's like i said it's not the heart feels but it'll make you laugh like crazy and it establishes that narrative and it never lets off and it even ends on a high note so my uh recommendation is the stick of truth should be on this list Hmm. (laughs) i think it nails the look and feel of south park it feels like you're playing a big episode or the bigger longer and uncut movie and the part with the underpants gnomes when you uh, explore some bedrooms <laughs> that part is is pretty amazing i really appreciated what they did with it i think 
it's going to have to go at number two. Number two is a good spot for that. All right, Mitch, give me your next game. I can already tell where this is going, so I'm fucking going out of left field here, boys. It's Ooh, coming it off the rails, and it's going to a story that changed the way we look at a long-standing franchise. It took a tried-and-true formula and applied true narrative. Like it, it revolutionized the way that this game approaches story, and I would argue the series has not yet been able to get back to that same point of the peak of beautiful narrative design with incredible themes and an approach that makes you feel for both the protagonist and antagonist. And that's Pokemon black and white. So in Pokemon black and white, you've got the, you've got the Pokemon formula, you know, get your starter, get your eight badges, beat the Pokemon league. But you've got a story of N who is this boy orphan boy raised amongst Pokemon raised to be the savior of Pokemon, the liberator of Pokemon. His mentor get, uh, gets us. I believe was the name. Yes. Uh, raised him with the sole purpose of using him to actually circumvent everyone, basically get everyone else to abandon their Pokemon and have N be the only one to ever control Pokemon again and thus rule the world. That was Team Plasma's real objective, but we didn't know that. And throughout the course of the game, you think they're just, you know, they're fighting for nature. They're fighting for things to be the natural order and not to be intervening and it really tied in well with some of the some of the things we see in the world today around global warming and us you know wasting the resources of the planet and it was really surprising to get something as deep and as rich as this story from a pokemon game and i i would like i said that pokemon has never been as good as it was in pokemon black and white from a story perspective and that's why this narrative deserves to be real real high on this list (sighs) Listen, I I actually do love Pokemon, but Black and White were definitely not my favorite. I'm not saying they're my favorite. I'm saying from a story perspective, from a narrative, I mean, I the narrative thread, it's never been as strong as it was in Black and White. I agree, but it just didn't, it didn't grab me. It didn't grab me the same way. And then, and then they had the audacity to make direct sequels to it. Which built instead on that of, same narrative design. Instead of a new new versions. You didn't need the new version. It was a good story that deserved a continuation and continued well into the story of Neo Team Plasma in the sequels. I don't know it wasn't as that. strong as the first, but the first one on its own as an isolated I, story was phenomenal. I want to give you the benefit of the doubt. So do it. But right now, in this moment, I can't in good faith get it higher than Bioshock Infinite. So it needs to go below that. Number six. Oh shit. Mitch is having a bad week. And I promise AJ you I'm doesn't not know how to host this show on this one. Oh no? no? No, not at all, eh? Not not this time. Well from what you're doing it seems like you are. No. You'd be surprised. Whatever. Wait until the next time I host this thing, asshole. <laughs> you thought I was mean to Nathan last time. Let's see what happens next time. Oh, fair enough. It's gonna be some grudge matches happening soon. <laughs> oh, you know it. We're gonna we're gonna get into press YYZ Fight Club at some point. <laughs> oh boy! All right, Alex. All right, I am choosing a game, another sequel to a game. Uh, I think it does phenomenal things with its storytelling, both environmental and also just like the direct story that you're on. 
it's Portal 2. I think Portal 2 is phenomenal. I think Portal 2 took what the first one did and expanded on it in every possible way. And it's just... GLaDOS is not just this evil, funny character anymore, but now she's charismatic. You learn... You actually learn her origin, and it's, like, actually interesting. It's not just... Like, it's not dumb... Uh, you learn about Cave Johnson, which voiced by J.K. Simmons, and he has some of the best lines in gaming. I think that game does so many great things with its story, and it also feels like a definitive end to Portal. If there is never a Portal 3, I'm fine with that. I think it does. I think it's also Wheelie. Wheelie is just such a great character. He has such a very hilarious arc throughout the whole game, and I just think every character in that game is so you just get invested in that world so well that it is a little bittersweet when you have to leave it, but you're also okay with that. Uh, can I point out a quick thing? Sure. His name is Wheatley. Right. I mean, I... I, I, I yeah. Number 15 on the lit... No. Um, <laughs> that... Port, Portal 2 is so good. It... I, Are you okay? Are you buffering? Yeah, I'm buffering. Totally buffering here. The... It's it it is so good and the story is what absolutely propelled me through and it is such I I'm I'm glad that they that Valve opened up their wallets and gave gave them the money they needed to put a proper narrative in that to to pull you through the game because that game absolutely deserved it and, and that la that last portal you launch at the very end did not see that coming like they set it up so well they, they set it up it. so well they tease it throughout like it's, what the white what the white goo is and then just as soon as you see it you and it's it's almost like you have that both both you mm -hmm. and the character have the aha moment like oh shit and then it happens oh shit do it yeah i yes i think i think it's i think that story is better than south park i'll take it so it's going to go at number 2 all right so I'm just going to go ahead and read the list off right now. Uh, going from the bottom to the top, we have eight games on it. Uh, and uh, starting out at number eight, we have The Walking Dead Season 1, as presented by Mitch. Pokemon Black and White, as also presented by Mitch. Bioshock Infinite, presented by Alex. Spider-Man for the PS4, presented by Nathan. Half-Life 2, Episode 1 and 2, presented by Cozy. South Park and the Stick of Truth, presented by Nathan. Portal 2, presented by Alex, and Gone Home, presented by Cozy. So, here's how the last four games that you guys are going to present work. Is going to work. Cozy, mm -hmm. I would like you to just not describe the game, but Okay. just say the title of the game. Okay, just the title. Interesting. Just tell me the title. Uh, okay, I, I, I wasn't certain if... You want you I wasn't certain if you had of... more instructions than just no. tell the title. Not yet. Tell me the title of the game that you want to present. Okay. Uh, Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Solid, as in the original. Yes, correct, for the PlayStation 1. This game is now Nathan's game. Oh, Nathan. Okay. Ooh. I want you to argue why this game needs to be on the list. Why does Metal Gear Solid need to be on this list? So I've never played a Metal Gear Solid game. Um, mm -hmm. 
They're developed by Hideo Kojima. They have a nonsensical plot, which you need to go back and watch many YouTube videos to understand, even if you have played the game. But for the people who've invested time in those games, it means a lot to them. Um, there's something about a big boss and then a solid snake, and it jumps between the two different uh, timelines, or the times um, between the different games. And you play one game as a naked uh, katana-wielding ninja uh, for part of it. Um, but we're talking about the first one. Uh, there's espionage. Espionage is always fun. Oh, wait, there's something with Psycho Mantis and something with the code on the inside of the DVD or the CD cover for the game where you have to, yeah. like, Some, something Ocelot is a thing, right? He knows yeah. that you are playing he, Castlevania. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Psycho Mantis can read your save files and he can make you have to plug your controller into the second spot, which is mm -hmm. a neat trick. It's a. Uh, it's a very neat trick, um, and one that I'm quite sure people could not figure out for the life of them, <laughs> especially back then. You, it, you pre-internet, yeah. Pre-internet. That's not pre-internet. Eh, yeah, almost. but it was. It's, it's on the, the precipice of, of internet. The most the people, most people, people didn't have internet. Just bought the game and played it. Didn't have that. You weren't even alive the then, Alex. That That's true. <laughs> See, I, we, we were we we were still buying. Um, like guides at that point. We were not in the internet age yet. No, see, that's not true because I went to n64.com, which is now currently IGN.com. That, that's what the site was initially called, called. And I was able to get help with the 120 stars for Super Mario 64. And that was pre-PlayStation on the internet. So, see, I specifically chose this game because my whole argument was going to be that it features... No, you, you don't know, get to argue here, Cozy. Metal Gear let, Solid let introspection and weirdness, wants. but it's much more, you know, straightforward than a lot of its sequels. Mm -hmm. But Let AJ host his game just, how he unfor wants. It's unfortunately, chaos. Unfortunately, it's Nathan's game now, and I gotta go based on his argument for it. Chaos reigns here, baby. So wait, 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 wait. Let me get a clarification on the rules. So yep. Nathan is arguing for Cozy and where that spot is gonna be, and then when it gets placed, that's gonna be Cozy's game? Or is it gonna be no, Nathan's I, thought it was I was Nathan's gonna say, game. like, what prevents me from sinking someone else's suggestion by just giving a really weak argument? Uh, no, you're arguing for your game. Like that's now Nathan's now game. Your, right? okay. It's now Nathan's game. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, got it. I was confused a little. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes more sense. It's I didn't now expect Nathan's this game. Yeah. So okay. You're what welcome. also what also stops us from just saying a really shitty game? You know what? Nothing. It's the game a we're gonna play. AJ, where's it going on the list? Great. <laughs> this is the original Half Life. Nathan's game. Metal Gear. Going no, Metal Gear. Gear. Metal Sorry. Gear Solid. Yeah, Metal Gear Solid. What did I say? Half-Life. Half-Life. Okay, I was reading. Your Would have made a better argument for that. Yeah. Fair enough. I think it's going to have to go... It's... I, the Yeah, you know what? It's going to go at number five above uh, Spider-Man. Are really? you high? Yeah, at number five. With that argument. Yeah. It was a very compelling argument. I give myself credit yeah, for that. Yeah, no, you did great. For having not played it, you did great. Yeah, you did talk about a lot of the quirks of Metal Gear. <laughs> uh-huh. Which has nothing to do with the narrative. We're talking about narrative. But they're narrative quirks. That's kind of yeah. the whole point of Metal Gear. <laughs> so, Nathan, what game were you going to present? Um, oh, do I play this game or not? <laughs> um, go, go with your heart. That's what I'm doing. WWE Raw 13. <laughs> Son of a story? <laughs> See, I feel oh. like th this would have worked better if you had asked everyone to say their game beforehand before you announce a twist. That's true. 
uh, yeah. next time I next time you let me host, then we'll do it that way. Maybe it's a learning process. For, for the record, I love this idea, but yeah, whatever. fair enough. It needed a better execution. I get it. Mitch, tell me about the narrative of wrestling. How good is the wrestling narrative in 2013? Re- wrestling as an art form as a narrative uh wrestling as a narrative art form has been a staple of everyone's televisions for decades and has translated relatively well into games uh wwe 13 is no exception it featured many modes that had stories um and it, it had cm punk on the cover and he was cool and then did mma things um, it was still being developed by Ukes, and Ukes made good wrestling games for a while until 2K ruined it. And this was before 2K ruined everything and made WWE 20 or 2K 20. Um, and the the interesting thing you had with WWE 13 is it really harkened back to some of the 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 like the the prime of WWE content, which was the Attitude Era. It had an entire mode dedicated to Attitude Era where you'd get to play through the storylines of uh, wrestlers as iconic as Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, Degeneration X, The Undertaker, Mick Foley, Kane, and Bret Hart. It it really did something interesting in an er- in a in a vi- in a medium for narrative that isn't very original for the most part. And it it took some risks with its story modes and they seem to have paid off. I think with that curveball that you were thrown and the the fumble on my part with i said i was gonna wing it and i'm winging it so you know going to number one no do it you coward (laughs) definitely not going to number one that's for sure i think it's at least worth two points your argument nice wow so so it's at least going above metal gear solid (laughs) believe my shock (laughs) oh my god (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> this is purely based on his argument. Put it above Half-Life, you coward. <laughs> I think it's going to go just below Half-Life. Fuck. Alright, All right, whatever. I'll take it. We can wrap it up now. This list is over. <laughs> Fucking WWE oh. 13. What the hell? Okay, Mitch, give Alex something good to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. I was legitimately going to argue for this, and you're going to hate me. The game is Kingdom Hearts. Go. Oh, fuck. No, Kingdom Hearts sucks as a very nonsensical story. I'm not arguing for this. Just, Just give, me the bottom, the bottom. give me the bottom of the list. Kingdom Hearts sucks as a nonsensical story, and it continuously has a nonsensical story. And it just it fucking sucks. I hate it. I wish that this franchise didn't exist. <laughs> Honest, honestly, I, I really want to give you points for it, but... Bottom of the list. I don't care. Kingdom Hearts yeah. sucks. Okay. Number 11, it goes. Who's getting my game? Was it, It's Cozy, right? It'd cozy be Cozy. Will no. Now argue. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Cozy will now argue for your game. All right. Um, I'm going to give you a game that you actually... Actually, no. You're you're winning. Um, Halo 2. <laughs> Halo yeah. 2. Specifically That's Halo 2. That's a good 2. game. What the fuck? It is uh, a good game, but I know he hasn't played it. I mean, I haven't played it, but you don't know that I haven't like basically researched the crap out of the past. It. Yeah, I hope so. Honestly, I mean, I just wanted I want it on the list. Honestly, I want to hear Cozy's argument for it. 
All right, well, I'll keep this short and sweet. You know, Halo 2 continued the story of heroism of Master Chief that first began in Halo 1. In Halo 2, uh, the Covenant are approaching Earth. Uh, everything is on the line, and Halo uh, and Master Chief proves uh, that he's willing to go all the way to keep his home planet safe. Uh, by the home planet of the human race, that is. Um, and yeah, although it ends on a cliffhanger, which many found to be incredibly disappointing and frustrating, ultimately it served as great setup for Halo 3. And so I think that, you know, in the history of all narratives across all mediums, it's really hard to do a midquel. I feel like a lot of people will say is the midquel is where things kind of, you know, things sort of slow down and things are generally not as exciting. But I feel like with Halo 2, they managed to really kind of keep the momentum in a good place and really entertain players throughout. Also, the Arbiter levels in the middle of the game were pretty neat. And it was cool to view the conflict of the game from the enemy's perspective. Hmm. Not hmm. bad, but doesn't hmm. really do it justice, hmm. at least in my humble opinion. <sighs> you think that didn't do a story justice? What the fuck was Kingdom Hearts about? That's the thing. No one knows because Kingdom Hearts fucking I sucks. know, and I would have argued well for it, and it would have placed well above any of your it games It would have on the gotten list. number 13 on this list overall. I call it now. <laughs> I don't think AJ Hearts... cares for Kingdom Hearts at all. Do you? Uh, I, I wish I did care about Kingdom Hearts. But you're it's... a sensible person, so you don't. But I had a good argument to make for it, and he would have... It would have but spoken it's to him. Still, Kingdom Hearts, though. That's the that's the problem here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, where are you putting Halo mm -hmm. Two? I'm sorry, I keep derailing this. <sighs> you know, Halo Two is a very good setup for what comes next in Halo Three, where you finish the fight. But it it does it does hmm, it does have that cliffhanger ending. I'm not sure if you knew about that, Cozy. I, I, I explicitly he talked explicitly about mentioned it and it. how, while it upset many people, you know, it uh -huh. set the stage for Halo 3. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you weren't but arguing that, for Halo that, 3. But that cliffhanger ending. Okay, I'm just going to say, I, in Cozy's favor, though, you didn't no, give him Alex, the stipulation I didn't get to say anything about King, episode 2. I didn't mm -hmm. get to say anything about Kingdom Hearts. So, you know what? You mm -hmm. can stop. Just and not. I also did not get to make a good argument for WWE 13. Because you didn't have one because it's a bad game. <laughs> All right. Okay. I think... I think it's going to... I, I personally like the Halo narrative better than Half-Life. But it's about the argument. Ah, whatever. Yeah. yeah, and I think he held his own for that argument. Well, frig, it wasn't about the argument before when you were talking about black and white. That was a good argument. You're a terrible it, person. Continue your stupid something. game. It was something. This uh, is some salt. Why did I let you host this? I don't know why you did this to yourself. Yeah, remember, we All came right. to this conclusion, not him. Yeah. Don't forget that part. I All was right. being nice, and then this is what I get. <laughs> Uh, you said you said you liked me hosting the previous episode I hosted, so it's your fault. Yes, I complimented um, you. God damn it! <laughs> this being this being said, uh, in terms of point score right now, we currently have Cozy in uh, an astounding lead with seven points, I believe. 
Dang, son. Um, and yeah, we've wow. got Nathan in second place with four. Alex in third place with three points. And Mitch in last place with two points. So, with that said, let's, let's go into the next round. Um, Mitch, remind me of the rules of this round two. Each player will get a chance to argue why one of their games is better than another game on the list. The person mm-hmm. who they're arguing against gets a chance to rebuke that. And then you get to choose what happens, whether they swap places or it pushes everything down the list or whatever. I don't care. Do we want to do the curveball? <laughs> I think at this point we should do your curveball. I don't know what it is. Well, my curveball had to do with what round two, what I was going to do for round two, and you're not going to like it. I don't care. We're probably not. <laughs> none of us are probably going to win except for Cozy. So I just want to have fun. You know, okay. AJ, you want, you want, you want, here, you want my curveball yeah. for round two? Yeah, at least give us the suggestion. Right. Tell us what it is. At least. Yeah, tell us what it is. What we're going to do is argue why somebody else's game deserves to be higher than a, oh, one of I their like, own games like on the list. And then you get to, and then you steal well. that game. You steal that game, and they move. I, I like think it. I think that goes well with the curveball that I threw. Yeah, I figured. I think it fits good with that. So, you know what? Let's do that. Okay. So let's So then so if I'm going to argue for somebody else's game, they have to argue why my game deserves to be in that spot. Yes. Okay. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yes. Okay. okay. Ooh. Oh, okay. Um go ahead. So I just pick someone else's game and then it can potentially swap or like and it potentially can swap be- to and my... it will become yours. Yeah, so if I so I would choose Halo 2. And then it'll become mine. Yeah. All right, mm-hmm. I'm choosing Halo 2. I think Halo 2, specifically the story of the Arbiter, is such an interesting story. It's Remember, about you, a- have to argue, you have to argue this against your games. You're arguing it against oh. Portal 2. It's the only Am thing I? higher than Halo 2 on the list. Yeah? So, but then... You have so to argue if, why if Halo 2 is better than one of your games on the list. Oh. So you might not want to pick Halo 2. But then if they, I mean, but if it does, well, if it, if but it's better it, than my game, does that mean that Cozy gets my game? I don't know. AJ's hosting. I, I mm, say we do, we poorly defined. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. These, yeah, I was just going to do, I was just going to do it for mine, it. but now we can do it for everybody's. I don't care. Yeah. You know what? Um, AJ, you, you decide what happens. I don't care. We're, what we'll do is we will swap the names. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I thought it was just yeah. going to be a name swap. And then you're going to move the games around as well, right? Well, in this okay. instance... So, if... So let me just get this straight. So, if I yes. if I get the Halo 2, <sighs> I'll get I'll get the Halo 2, and I still have Portal 2, or will Portal 2 no. go to Cozy? No, Cozy will get Portal 2. Oh. Well, then that's not very compelling as now, is it? Um, exactly. So, you have to be smart about it. There's kind of nothing. I will let you pick a. I will let you pick a different game. I don't even know what I can do at this point. Um, pick, pick a game that's further down the list. You think that it's better than Portal Two or Pass? Oh yeah, I get. But either way, the points stay the same. Not necessarily. I just want Halo Two to be mine, so I'm gonna just keep 
Or, oh yeah, okay. true. The points will Go the points it. will stay the All same. Right. Halo, Maybe two, that's dumb. Halo two, the arbiter, the arbiter is a cool dude. Um, well, actually, it's a story about redemption because he's a guy who basically finds out that his entire religion is a lie, which is a theme in games that we've n almost never seen before. It's really, really interesting in that aspect. It also just further expands the Halo mythology. Um, I think the Gravemind is such an interesting character as well. The fact that he speaks in poetry. Um, I think just the. For the most part, though, it's the Arbiter story that just makes it just such an interesting campaign. And I think it's the most interesting Halo story that we've ever gotten. Um, the downfall of the Covenant is very fascinating, um, specifically that whole angle of this is a guy who finds out his entire religion is a lie. What do you do with that at that point? And then he tries to find a way to have a personal redemption. And that's completely signified at the beginning of the game when he gets the mark of shame. And that then that mark then goes on to become something he can be proud of. Hmm. Cozy, can you defend Portal 2? Uh, so this is how it's working now? I mean... <laughs> defend defend yes. it. Uh, I think that Portal 2 uh, manages to tell a more compelling story while keeping ultimately the scope of its action and narrative to, uh, contained to a much smaller area of the universe. And I think that you know, while the Arbiter and all the other characters that are explored throughout Halo 2's narrative are compelling and entertaining in their own right, uh, I think that you would find many more people would uh, who connect way more with Wheatley, uh, who I'm seeing the correct name of right here, uh, and Cave Johnson than the Arbiter and whatever the hell his name is. Hmm. You know, I, I absolutely love Halo 2. Um, but I think Cozy defending against it. So what uh, happens now? Does, does it stay the same? The names or do I switch. Just get, the names are going to switch. So nothing You still happens. get Halo. Literally nothing But it happens. stays the in the same don't spot. Change, but That's the fine. names change. That's fine. <laughs> this yep. doesn't make It's going to make sense. This it's going to make, make sense when snitch. something moves. Uh, this is okay. like when you put Mitch out a game in open alpha and everything is all bugged up. <laughs> yeah, it's no, it's a, it's a known shippable feature. Um, okay. Mitch seems sure? to understand the rules better than he even does. I do because he kind of created these ones. So <laughs> he did. Mitch, yeah. now it's your turn. The only thing that gets me any points here is arguing that Kingdom Hearts... Like yeah, Kingdom that Fights. Kingdom Hearts has mm -hmm. a better... A, wait, just wait, Alex. Kingdom Hearts has a better narrative than WWE 13. What? That's impossible. Oh, no? Okay. Well, Kingdom Hearts wait. tells a story that is complete. It has redeeming it. characters. Okay. It has flawed characters. It has plot progression. Whereas WWE 13 is a fucking wrestling game. Argument. <laughs> Alex? Um, yeah. Alex, the Alex, Alex, well, dive bomb this. Just say it's bad, or it's well, better than Kingdom Hearts. I mean, well, first off, Kingdom Hearts is Kingdom Hearts, and Kingdom Hearts is barely a story because it's so non-fucking-sensical. You have to explain to me what the fuck is going on in those games, and I have to play 3,000 days over 12 or whatever. No, I said Kingdom Hearts. Shit. I didn't say the whole series. It's one yeah, game. Yeah, but that this is, one where, game this is holds where the up. problem started, though. Kingdom Hearts was the was the initial problem. Kingdom Hearts is it the was play. A good game. Kingdom it Hearts had is a the story. reason why we're in this situation right now. This is the reason I Kingdom Hearts is fundamentally a terrible game because it doesn't make any fucking sense and who and every the fandom is just this rabid fucking 
surge of gross uh, fucking hemophiliac nerds. We're not talking about fandom. We're just, talking like, about narrative. We, yeah, narrative. Like, the narrative. The narrative, narrative is the reason why we got all these things. And so therefore, fundamentally, objectively, the narrative is bad because it spawned all the terribleness in the world now. Kingdom Hearts is the reason why the world is terrible. And fucking, you can't tell me otherwise. He didn't say anything about WWE 13. WWE Not is one at word. least a game that I can How play do you know? you and have played it? fun with and I can enjoy it because it's not Kingdom Hearts and therefore it has a better story for me. <laughs> it makes the plot of my life better because um, I don't have to deal with Kingdom Hearts. If I feel if, so proud of myself. If I'm remembering the, 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 the news stories around WWE 13, uh, that was absolutely not the case. It was not a playable game. No, Probably 13's not. fine. 13's fine? 13's a good game. Okay. But There's bad WWE games. 13's not one of them. Okay. It doesn't, it's, a, it's a wrestling game. Kingdom Hearts has a narrative. It tells a story. WWE doesn't <clears throat> tell a story. It rehashes old plot lines from the 90s. Honestly, I'm in favor of... I'm in tears. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts and WWE swapping. Fuck Boo. yeah. Boo. You're going to ruin the list. King, Boo. Kingdom Hearts has more story, even if it's bad. Are, are, we, are we doing swapping or are we doing the push down the whole list thing? Swap them. Wait, no. Oh, is it okay. swapping or are name swapping? Uh, Why did is, the rules just change? <laughs> this is the Calvin our names also Our names episodes. also swapped. <laughs> no, the... But by not pushing the, it down the list, the, the points will the never change. Changed, uh, if no. Be, the names a only changed because Cozy made a successful... A counter argument. No, I changed the names here too. Yeah, I know. I don't know. So what the points are never going to change wait, if we don't the push the whole list down. Sure. I think we should push the list down instead. That's dumb. Okay. Do that. Okay. I'm on Whatever. Whatever. You you put Kingdom Hearts on a list of best narrative games, so the real crime is on you. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> it was I'll, worth I'll it. I'll take it. I'll take it. This <laughs> list still looks awful, just for the record. You're welcome. This list Nathan. is fundamentally broken. Agreed. Nathan. Yes. <laughs> it's your turn. We have two more to go. Two more. And we'll, I don't, we'll, we'll finally the... be free of this. <laughs> so, Nathan, wait, just Nathan, to clarify, pick... I, I have to pick a game that's not mine and argue against a game that is mine? Yes, and yes. you will lose that game and gain the game that you're arguing. If you're right, it'll push everything down the list. If you're wrong, the other person takes your higher spot. So, really, if I want points, how many points am I at? I'm like tied with Alex right now. Um, so to win, I need to get two, or to get second, I need to get two points. Um, okay, so I'm gonna make an argument for why. It's gotta be something lower than Bioshock if you wanna push that off the list. Yeah, uh, fuck, they lose two games. And they're um, good. You're welcome. One of them's good. Okay, so I'm gonna have to take The Walking Dead season one uh, and I know AJ's already got a disposition against it because of his technical issues. But what I will say is if you can look beyond the technical issues that AJ had, I feel like there is a compelling story and it is worthy of being on this list. Um, the Walking Dead, when you look at what it did in that game and with the narrative, set off a path for Telltale Games, which eventually ends in financial ruin and closure. But creates a steady stream of strong narrative games out of that um out of that one 
it deserves to be on this list and i would put it above the south park the stick of truth Hmm. is he allowed to do that considering he's arguing against himself no he's not i just changed walking dead to nathan and south park to mitch okay so the which are the rules of the game no they didn't those are the rules that was nathan's (laughs) game and he was arguing my game is better than his game so i get his game and he gets my game it's clear okay so i uh, I, now i get to argue why stick of truth deserves to be higher than the walking dead season one right (laughs) aj that's what's happening here you know what you made these rules i did uh, you shouldn't have let me do that i i trusted you mitch so (laughs) you shouldn't have really really i trusted you mitch so the narrative in south park to take this fucking dumpster fire and ride it into the ocean the narrative in the south park stick of truth is a, a miracle that it got out the door we know there were issues in terms of getting the game developed what uh trey parker matt stone did with the story is phenomenal it is a perfect uh rendition of what a south park story could be in a video game it's not it's not they're they're not rehashing they're telling a completely new story and it's a story that they were able to wrap up within the context of a single game it took telltale five years and the company going under and technical issues upon technical issues whereas south park came out told its story and got out and it was perfect this whole podcast is like that always sunny picture of Charlie sitting in front of the fucking That's how I feel right now. <laughs> Pepe Salvia, Pepe Salvia. <laughs> this is what AJ, this is how I feel right now. AJ, what's your judgment? Um honestly, I think I think you made the the more compelling counter argument. So it stays where it is? Yes. Okay. Sorry, Nathan. Yeah, it is what it is. I don't think I could win this game. Yeah, Co- it's Cozy's pretty messed up. Sweeping this one, apparently. Speaking of Cozy, but this could screw him if he picks one of his games high up on the list. Well, he shouldn't. He should pick Half Life. <laughs> <laughs> if he wanted to be a jerk, so, yeah, you wouldn't let the person winning go last. At this point in the game, are we, are we allowed to still make up new rules? Yes, Technically, you, you do whatever pass. you want. You know what? Why Just not? pass. All right, I make up a new rule. I'm allowed to abstain from doing anything which means that Perfect. i win yeah <laughs> i'm okay with that and this. you know what yeah let's yeah okay <sighs> fair enough and I, so, I think we all learned that down. the best video game narrative was this episode Agreed. was the friends we made along the way it made as much sense as the kingdom hearts game huh. yeah basically. Game hearts made the list <laughs> oh there's <laughs> There, remember, you you did that, AJ. You put Kingdom Hearts on this list. Yeah. Pure chaos. Uh, you know what right. I'm really proud of? The WWE 13 is on our top 10 narrative list. Above Metal Gear. <laughs> what the fuck? I feel really proud of that. <laughs> All right. So oh. going from the bottom to the top, The Walking Dead Season 1, Wrong. which gave Nathan no points. Pokemon wow. Black and White gave Mitch no points. Fine. Bioshock Infinite gave Alex one point. Spider-Man PS4 list. gave Nathan one point. Metal Gear Solid gave Nathan one point. WWE 13 gave Alex one point. Kingdom Hearts gave Mitch one point. I'll take it. Half-Life 2 Episode 1 and 2 gave Cozy two points. Halo 2 gave Alex two points. South Park and the Stick of Truth gave Mitch two points. 
Let's Portal go, Doggy two Dog. Gave Cozy two points, and Gone Home gave Cozy three points. The first half of this list is not terrible. Then uh, it goes until downhill you hit WWE. really, really fast. <laughs> downhill at Kingdom Hearts? Absolutely. No. Downhill at <laughs> Halo 2. It falls off a fucking cliff at Kingdom Hearts. Halo 2 had no ending. At least Kingdom yes, Hearts it ended. It, no, it, it didn't. It set up. It set up. And if you yeah, play it, 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 it didn't have its own. Of course I played it. It didn't have its own complete story. It's uh, set up a whole bunch AJ, of stuff. I needed to take control of this episode. Cliffhangers are a good storytelling tool when the game actually okay. finishes. At least Half-Life. Not when the internet goes insane when you have a story. <laughs> Unlike Half-Life One and Episode Two. For this episode of Press Y Y Z. Also, Arbiter's uh, story came to a conclusion. Fuck you, AJ. Please finish. <laughs> episode twenty-one is wrapped in the books as probably one of the best. Episodes we've ever done. I can tell you. Didn't that announce much. that you uh, forgot to announce that Cozy won the game. Cozy, congratulations! congratulations. Thank you, you won five by five this week. Yeah, like, like uh, I said, next five by five, I'm gonna have to host to even out the game. Absolutely, no and <laughs> throw all the curveballs you want. Or at oh, least yes. and we'll make the best. Think list about ever. them before you say them. <laughs> Kingdom uh, Hearts deserved the spot it got on the list. Next week, uh, what are we going to talk about? It wasn't number 15. It seems like we're still going to touch each other's butts, according to this doc. Well, we talked about this a little bit, and we're thinking that Nathan is going to be hosting next week's episode and doing a what we initially were going to do a couple weeks ago and do the PS Plus uh, uh, video game rehab. Video game rehab. I forgot the name of the show. Service rehab in this case. Okay. Video game adjacent. Sounds great. I'm we're taking I'm, we're taking PlayStation to rehab. Absolutely. And maybe uh, it'll turn into a five by five. Who knows? Who knows? With the that rules you guys let only, me come up with, maybe only time will tell. Uh, Nathan, yo, how can people find you? Um, you can find me at such places like Twitter at the underscore and Mac, as well as uh, I write reviews for ps4blog.net. So please go check that out. Nothing to pimp this week. Uh, but yeah, go check that out. Also, if you get a chance play that uh, narrative classic WWE 13. Um, I heard that <laughs> press YYZ says this is the seventh best narrative classic of all time of all time. Definitive. Of all time. Definitively. Alex, where can people find you? Um, I, uh, it's, it's like a hundred degrees in this fucking room. Um, uh-huh. you can I find think me that's t- partly your fault. No, I have three fans on currently. This is just how this room is, but regardless, whatever. Um, on Twitter, I'm blatantly underscore Alex on Instagram. I'm blatantly Alex and on YouTube. I am blatantly Alex and I'm working on a new video and it's going to be really exciting. Wonderful. Cozy. How can people find you? Find me on Twitter at Alex Kazina, and you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash CozyBearLive. I'm going to be checking out the Isle of Armor just after this episode ends. That sounds fantastic. And Mitch, where can people find you? You can find me here every week at twitter.com slash pressyyz, twitch.tv slash pressyyz. You can find me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Mitch George, and hopefully with enough you know, audience feedback, <clears throat> I can convince Alex to let me walk him through Kingdom Hearts. For charity. Why did you have for, to charity. for charity. Yeah. For the kids. Yeah. For charity. For, kids. for Black Black Lives Matter. We can raise money for it. I would need a way to stream it, but... We'll figure it out. It. It's we'll it's going to happen. I'm I sure, promise. Yeah. 
We still need to do that Steam controller thing, don't we? That's been scrapped. I'm actually, <laughs> that's that's going into my new video. Okay, fair enough. Uh, that being said, I have been your arbiter of chaos this week, uh, AJ Ain't Fraser. Ain't that the you fucking truth. Me, you can find me all over the internet. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, all those, Reddit, all those fun places. Uh, Times Hero, capital T, capital H. And I think we're going to call it. So uh, thank you to my co-hosts for letting me host again this week. Uh, we'll see how long <laughs> until you It won't be five by again. five, that's for sure. It won't be that. Uh, and thank you all for watching. And thanks for playing.